The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, it's a Victory Monday NFC East Champion edition of the Hidden Yardage Podcast right here on the Morgan the Boys Podcast Network. Sean Martin with you at Sean Martin NFL, joined by David Hellman at underscore DH44. And we are covering the first place Dallas Cowboys who kept the streak in the NFC East alive of not having a repeat winner in this division going back since the Eagles were the last team to do it. And you can say that the Eagles collapse down the stretch had a lot to do with how the Cowboys were able to win this division. But nonetheless, they leave no doubt with a Week 18 win in Washington. The Cowboys finished their year 5-1 and one against division play, so par for the course when it comes to Dak Prescott's ownership of this division, but it ends in his first division title since uh, 2021, second division title for Mike McCarthy in his fourth season, first Cowboys coach of uh, with three straight playoff appearances, and we've, we've known this for a bit, of course, since the Cowboys have had their playoff spot official for the last several weeks. First Cowboys coach with three straight playoff appearances since Barry Switzer, 94 to 96. That was part of, of course, a stretch where the Cowboys made the playoff six years in a row. Two of those six were Jimmy Johnson's Super Bowl wins. And now, David, we got good vibes all around because we got Jimmy Johnson in the Hall of Fame in the second to last week of this regular season. Perhaps that curse uh, being lifted means good things for the Cowboys going forward in the playoffs. We have an NFC's title to talk about. We have, of course, this 38-10 commanding win against Washington, where the Cowboys were able to rest some starters, establish some rhythm with you know the key guys that you wanted to see, of course, continue to play well. And that's not just Prescott, but his favorite targets in CDLM and Jake Ferguson. That's the defensive side of the ball with Deron Bland, Micah Parsons, Stephon Gilmore. We'll get into all of that, but overall, David, Cowboys have their 12th win again for the third year in a row. How are you feeling? Um, it's a great, great time when the Cowboys win the division. Um, and, and you know, like you were saying, you know, uh, three straight playoff appearances, three straight 12-win seasons. They they get the division, uh, second division title in, in uh, two seasons. And, I mean, it, it's it's great. And, of course, the, the Eagles playing the Giants – Really, that game ended up not mattering because the Cowboys took care of business. But it was also just a little cherry on top that even when they had their starters in, they got absolutely blasted by the Giants with Tyrod Taylor. So, you know, really, you really couldn't have asked for a better day on Sunday than, than what the Cowboys got. And, and not only that they're going to the playoffs, not only that they're division uh, champions, but they also, you know, clinched the two seed which is important because while it's not the one seed, they don't get that, that first round by they're, you know, they get to play their first playoff game at home. And then if they beat the Packers, then they also are guaranteed to have that next game be played at home, which, you know, as you know, the Cowboys have been really great at home uh, really the last few years under Mike McCarthy, but especially this year where they were undefeated, it's huge to be able to, to know that you'll be playing uh, at least two games, uh, two playoff games at home. Of course, assuming that, that they're able to win that that first one, um, so so that's really really huge. It, it really you know in the in these last two weeks since since the Eagles lost to the Cardinals, all the momentum has gone in the way in the Cowboys' favor, and like you said, it, it, I'm sure it's just a coincidence that that it's all happened once Jimmy Johnson got brought into the Ring of Honor. I mean, 
think about it. The Cowboys are 2-0 since that happened. The Eagles are 0-2. Cowboys are division champs, or, you know, they're, they're division champs, and they have probably the best path forward towards reaching the conference championship game that they've had in uh, quite a while, potentially even going so far back as as when, uh, you know, the Barry Switzer teams were there, and which were really Jimmy Johnson's team. So I'm not saying I definitely believe in the curse, but, you know, things are definitely trending their way over these last two weeks, and you have to be feeling really, really good right now if you're a Cowboys fan. And you speak of the positive momentum that this team has built now going into the playoffs. What does it own them? Well, a familiar Sunday slot in the mid-afternoon, 4.30 Eastern, Against who else but the Green Bay Packers, of course, Mike McCarthy's former team, and that will be talked about plenty this week, not only here for you at BTB, but just about everywhere else you could possibly want to see it. So that would be one angle. We're going to stay true to our name here on Hidden Yardage and in just a bit here, get into kind of some of the more hidden storylines that might play out in this game that are going to be more important, important than just McCarthy coaching against his former team, but... Nonetheless, coming into not only this game, but let's say the Lions game as well, and even the Miami game a little bit, since they were off of that 31-10 loss to Buffalo, questions still persist about you know McCarthy's job status. Is he the right guy to uphold this incredibly high standard that the Cowboys have really they've set for themselves, but they haven't quite earned. You know, they we say that this team wants to practice and execute as if anything short of at least a conference championship appearance year in and year out is a failure, but that hasn't exactly happened. I don't think that standard is exactly, you know, in place right now in terms of, yes, you mentioned the good news that the Cowboys could avoid the 49ers until that NFC championship game and give them a clear path to play two games at AT AT&T stadium where they've won 16 in a row. So yes, all the stars are aligned for this team to have a great chance to make a run under McCarthy and him to just go out and earn you know, the longevity that he does probably already deserve and put to bed definitively any questions about his job security. But all of that kind of gets an asterisk because you are starting this very first game on wildcard weekend against the Packers, who of course have the deep playoff history against the Cowboys going not only very far back, but recently with that 2016 game, Dak Prescott's rookie year, and the Cowboys are the one seed, and yet Aaron Rodgers comes in and is able to knock them off in a while back and forth game, and of course you can go to the Dez Cats at Lambeau Field, so we know about the heartbreak that the Packers have induced for the Cowboys in the playoffs, and all of those memories are going to come back uh, this week leading up to the game on Sunday afternoon, no doubt about that. But let's look at what this Cowboys team has done the last two weeks to set themselves up. Like I said, collapse of the Eagles aside, let's not lose sight of the fact that McCarthy's team here, I mean, they bounced back against the Lions. You win a low-scoring, defensive type of game. You should have had a touchdown there with C.D. Lamb that made the score, you know, a little bit more one-sided in your way um, than it actually was. And you could have had the tripping penalty against Payne Henderson being called correctly to the point where the Lions don't even get a chance for their fiasco on the two-point conversion and in both situations, that game plays out differently. Nonetheless, the Cowboys get that win, and then they go into Washington and really, you know, workmanlike performance. They win 38 to 10. I think my biggest takeaway from this game against Washington, David, is it was kind of a best of both worlds performance for the Cowboys. It seemed like early on they were trying, I wouldn't say play off their food, but they were trying to establish, you know, things that you'd like to see in a perfect, ideal, utopia type of world, which doesn't exist in Week 18 in the NFL, but they were trying to establish this perfect situation where you get the players that you that you can handpick to see playing well before the playoffs next week going and still be good enough to win the game. They tried to establish Tony Pollard. You get Jalen Tolbert in the end zone. You know, defensively, you get after the quarterback. And it led to this game kind of being a little bit nerve-wracking, a little bit closer than we expected through some of the early going, but then they turned it on, got the Jets going, leaned on their favorite targets and CDLM, Jake Ferguson. Prescott was perfect targeting those two, and that's when the you know the tidal wave started, as we know this team is capable of. There's really just that vintage, complimentary style where the offense shows some firepower, the defense gets the takeaways going once they're playing with the lead, and the commanders really put away in the second half when it was 38-10 to final. Yeah, I mean, it was... It didn't really start out the way that they wanted in this game, but um, I'll, I'll be honest, I really was not worried at, at any point in that game. You know, even when the commanders went up 
Um, you know, I didn't really have a sense of, of concern uh, for me watching um, just because the, you know, kind of the flow of the game, how it went, you know, the things that, that had to go right for the, for the commanders to get into that position where they had a 10, seven lead, you know, obviously there was not only the blocked field goal, but the big return that they had because the drive right after, you know, they ended up scoring a touchdown, but it wasn't like they, they, you know, drove the full distance of the field. They were set up in great position. Like that's, that's the expectation at that point is you should score a touchdown. Um, you know, and then, uh, and then they had the, the interception that, you know, gets tipped right up in the air. Um, and you know, that we saw plenty of that last season and, and that's significantly cut down this year, but it did happen in this game. And so, you know, those, those were kind of fluky plays in a way and, and kind of helped the commanders get into a position where it, the score was close, but I never really, it, it never felt like this was you know, like actually a game. The Cow, the, the Cowboys pretty much were doing what they wanted on offense. The defense was kind of playing on their heels a little bit early on, but they really, you know, stepped up later on and, and were pretty, pretty tight and fundamentally sound throughout the game. And, you know, um, I, I mean, and then at that point they, they kind of got in a groove on both sides and, and were able to really start churning the way that they do and built a, built a big lead early. Um, and, and that's really, honestly, that's what we needed to see from this team with it being a road game too. Obviously that's been a huge talking point. And I know the commanders aren't, you know, nobody's, nobody's really uh, celebrating getting a win over the commanders just because a lot of teams have beat the commanders this year. Um, you know, but, but to be able to go on the road and not only win, but, but, get a big blowout win and play as well as they did and overcome some of those early mistakes and kind of fluky plays and come out with a huge sizable win over a division opponent. Um, you know, it's, it's just a little bit extra, you know, confidence going in to this playoff run. And, and of course they're going to have to do it against a team that they have plenty of demons to slay against the Packers. Obviously Mike McCarthy is not there anymore. He's obviously in Dallas, but also Aaron Rodgers isn't there anymore. So um, it, it kind of feels like almost, almost like the stars are aligning, not just for the Cowboys and, the, and their path through the playoffs, but in their quest to get postseason success against the Packers, because, you know, the, the, the coach that was so successful for there for so long is no longer there. The, the quarterback who was so successful there for so long is no longer there. And this is a very young Packers team. And they, they had to overcome a whole lot to get to this point of being in the playoffs and, you know, credit to them for getting to this point, but I don't really think uh, too many people are, obviously you don't want to overlook them, but I don't think too many people are really sweating about the Packers in this first round. And um, they were able to sneak into the playoffs at the very end. So uh, th- things are lining up well for them. And, and, you know, obviously then you talk, we already talked about the benefit of being able to play at home. And, um, you know, again, I already said it, but you just got to feel real confident right now going into this this first round and, and facing a team like the Packers. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So it's a road win that guarantees the Cowboys a home game in next week's playoff opener. It is the two seed versus the seven seed, of course. Dallas securing the two seed. Green Bay 
They win against the Bears at home in Week 18 and their season with a 17-9 win. We'll dig into some of that box score and what happened in that game as far as context for how Green Bay is coming into this game in Dallas next weekend. And you you mentioned some of the reasons for confidence going into this game. And first and foremost, typically is the quarterback matchup in not only any game, but particularly the playoffs. And so that's a common theme for the Cowboys in divisional games as well. We know Dak Prescott has typically owned the NFC East. And is it fair to say, you know, you mentioned not wanting to get too hyped about the fact this was a road win, but it's worthy of noting that we are. Is it fair to say this was the closest, or at least they look like the closest in a long time, that the Cowboys played similar to how they would at home in a road game? You know, it wasn't a tight, let's, let's, you know, throw the ball short and play just tight and slow and, you know, try to grind out these drives and control every play like they've fallen into that trap far too many times this year on the road. And now that's why it's such a huge deal to get to play some playoff games from AT&T Stadium. But it felt like they played loose. They stuck to their game plan. They knew what they had to do. And, you know, it certainly looked like the road environment didn't bother them. Of course, the commander's record being what it is has a say in that, and the quarterback advantage has a say in that. But it was Prescott's highest completion percentage of the season. He throws four touchdowns, completes 31 of 36 passes. That's an 86.1% completion percentage. So certainly this was a case where you know the Cowboys offense played a similar game plan to what they're capable of at home, and now they get to return home and try to do so against the Packers team where you know if they can put up the typical fireworks they're used to on turf, in the dome, indoors, uh, certainly seems like that's the first step towards a matchup with the Packers where you can try to have Jordan Love playing from behind who wasn't asked to drop back or do much in this week 18 game against the Bears. And that would be advantageous for Dallas in this matchup. Yeah, and, and, I, and I like the point you made too about this being a road win that felt like a home win. And it, that really was it. That's, I think that's why, even though it's, Granted, it's, you only beat the Commanders, but also it, it is encouraging because they played the way that they tend to play at home. Their offense was moving at will. The defense, you know, aside from that, really that opening drive and then the one where they were defending a short field, the defense was playing really well, playing lights out, um, getting pressure, getting turn, getting takeaways. Um, you know, and, and another thing that, that I think shouldn't go uh, without being noted is, is that this was played at FedEx field on a playing surface that has long been criticized as like one of the worst playing services. And you could see it like when they, on the broadcast, when they were out there for the opening kickoff, I was looking at that field and I was like, my God, it looks like they just finished a game and they're about to start a game. Like that playing service looked really, really rough. And, you know, uh, you know, back in middle of November when they played against the Carolina Panthers, um, I actually had written an article shortly after that game about, how you know there's been it's been a constant theme with the Panthers and like their playing surface in uh in Bank of America Stadium has often been criticized both by visiting teams and by the Panthers players themselves for being just very low quality for for being incredibly hard to run on and that was you know in that game even though the Cowboys won 33 to 10 it kind of felt like receivers weren't able to get open a lot of players were were slipping and falling and didn't have sure footing and you know, they were able to win that game and win by a, a pretty comfortable margin, but it was it was kind of they, – they were not their best. They were not playing their best football in that game on a, a, a poor playing surface. And this is, was kind of kind of like a, a second try at a, a game like that, being on the road in a – not only on the road, but playing on a bad playing surface. And they were able to come out and play like they do normally when we see them at home. Um, so, so that adds just a little extra factor to it. but. You know, talking about these Packers, obviously a lot of their their turnaround this season and, and how they were able to kind of rebound and get to the playoffs really starts and ends with the play of Jordan Love, their quarterback, and um, things just kind of started to click for him. He started getting more confident in the scheme. He started building a rapport with some of his receivers, and he has a very young uh, group of pass catchers in this offense, and things just clicked for them offensively. But uh, I, I think – when you look at some of the defenses that Jordan Love has had success against this season and you compare those defenses to what he'll be facing in Dallas, that gives you some confidence in terms of you know Dan Quinn's ability to draw up things that Jordan Love hasn't seen yet. 
uh, I also get a lot of confidence. And this was why I wanted the Packers as, as my preferred matchup for the Cowboys in, in the wild card round is their defense is not very good. And, and, you know, I follow a few uh, Packers content creators on Twitter and they have been, you know, they've been critical of this defense for a while and they've been especially critical over the, the last two months. And it's just not, it's not a defense that gets stops consistently. It's not a defense that, especially in the past game, is something that you can really rely on. Even with players like Jair Alexander, who's, you know, a really good cornerback, um, they, they still have so many struggles on the back end in their secondary. And with the way that Dak Prescott is playing, with the way he just played on the road in Washington, with the way that he plays at home, um, I mean, th- this team – this team goes as Dak Prescott goes and the way that he plays at home, the way that, you know, other quarterbacks, lesser quarterbacks have been able to score against Green Bay. That makes me feel really confident. Um, you know, you know, the Packers are going to give every, every ounce of effort that they have. So I don't want to say it's going to be a blowout because those tend to not happen very often in the playoffs, but it, things, things definitely have lined up nicely for them in this matchup, you know, relative to Green Bay's strengths and weaknesses. Prescott, 19 of 19, when targeting CDLM or Jake Ferguson against the Commanders. So we'll see if they have the same advantage against a Packers secondary that, like you said, could be a potential you know mismatch for the Dallas receiving core to uh, have their way in this game. The Packers do come into the playoffs on a three-game win streak as they win here in Week 18. As mentioned against the Bears, they finish the season 9-8. and eight, But none of their wins really you know jump out at you when you compare common opponents to Dallas, they they lost 34 to 20 at home all the way back in week four to the Lions team that of course the Cowboys beat with some controversy. They did beat the Rams 20 to three, but that was without Matt Stafford, and that game was at Lambeau Field as well. The Cowboys of course took care of the Rams when Stafford was in the game, and that was a home game later in the year for Dallas that I was in attendance for. The uh, Packers beat the Chargers in week 11, 23 to 20, another common opponent win for the Cowboys. They did go on the road to beat the Lions 29-22 on Thanksgiving. That certainly was impressive and kind of started the belief around Green Bay that this team could get into the playoffs, which of course now they are, but they also lost to the same Giants team that the Cowboys handled in both meetings, 24-22 on the road, Monday Night Football edition, and then they beat the Panthers by just a field goal during this three-game win streak that ended their year 33-30. The Panthers, of course, shut out here in Week 18, 9-0 to the Bucks, which gave Tampa Bay the NFC South, and sets them up for the second straight Monday night uh, playoff game, which I find interesting. Of course, last year, Monday night was Cowboys, Bucks, Tom Brady, wild card playoff game. So that had all the appeal of, you know, why you could see that game being brought out to Monday night. But now it is going to be Jalen Hurts versus Baker Mayfield, Eagles, Bucks on Monday. So we'll see the outcome of that, of course, and how it affects um, the rest of the NFC playoff picture next time we talk to you here on Hidden Yardage. So, we know about what Prescott did against the Commanders. We know the offensive identity kind of got going, and they played like it was a home game at times. They said it's a physicality in the run game with not only Tony Pollard, but Rico Dowdle. Certainly that was good to see, as well as Jalen Tolbert's touchdown. Tolbert's touchdown was an awesome play just because Prescott threw it when he was still so covered. I mean, that, that's a ridiculous amount of confidence to have in a player that hasn't been put in that spot much this season. But that was just Prescott saying, you know, hey, I've been practicing with this guy all year, and Oh, offseason, this is week 18. If he doesn't catch it, you know, somebody else will on the next play. This is red zone. And he just put it up there. And Tolbert has the first points of the game. I really love to see that. And he made it 7 0. The Cowboys, you could say, never looked back from there. Yes, Washington did come back from the 7 0 deficit and took the lead at one point. But too much offense for the Cowboys, paired with, and that's what I want to sift to here, Dan Quaid's defense, not, not just this week, but last week too, really starting to make sure that they put their fingerprints on his wins as well. They hold the commanders to 10 points for the second time in the season. The Cowboys won the Thanksgiving game 45-10 to 10 at 18th Stadium, and now they win the season finale 38-10. to 10. They get the takeaway streak going again. Deron Bland comes away from an interception. So, too, does Donovan Wilson's Donovan Wilson. Micah Parsons sets a new career high in sacks by getting to the quarterback, and we know about all the narrative and storylines of him not getting holding calls, but nonetheless, he still finds a way to be one of the most productive defenders in the National Football League. And so he gets home uh, after Sam Howell, and we know that you know the commanders have a, 
had all kinds of issues protecting their quarterback this year. Wasn't going to change against the ferocious Cowboys pass rush. So what do you see as this team's identity going into the playoffs? You know, are they just a well-balanced team that has to play a certain way, just like they did in Week 18 to win? Are they going to lean more into offense, defense? What do you see as the key to this Packers matchup as they go into wild card weekend? Well, I think a lot of it uh, starts with their offense. And um, in a way, it's it, that's that's part of their their overall uh, team philosophy. Uh, Mike McCarthy has talked pretty much since day one about wanting to play complementary football. And it, it's taken a little bit to get to that point where they really have played truly complementary football. Um, you know, but, but when he hired Dan Quinn, that, that, you know, that, that got part of it where they had this super aggressive attacking defense that is filled with pass rushers that get to the quarterback, don't always sack him, but they get in the quarterback's face, force bad throws, and then opportunistic ball hawks in the secondary. And the thing about having a defense like that is one, the aggressiveness can become a problem as we've seen at times when, you know, with the way that certain teams run the ball and, you know, you can definitely run against this defense. They're, they're not going to completely give up and give, you know, give up all the rushing yards, but you can definitely beat them on the ground. The the problem though is for the opponents of the Cowboys, that is that that's almost like it's almost a weakness by design and the Cowboys for the most part, they're going to be okay giving up those rushing yards because the plan is for their offense to be scoring so much that, you know, if you go out there and all you're doing is running the ball, you're just hurting yourself. You're hurting your opportunity to to keep scoring and, and try to try to stay in this game. And that's really the way that Mike McCarthy has wanted to build it now that he's in charge of the offense. And, and he's certainly, you know, th- this offense has certainly been better than last season was when Kellen Moore was calling the offense. Um, they're, they're much more efficient at scoring. Um and they're they're very efficient on third down. They've gotten very efficient in the red zone. Uh, I, I know they had some issues in the first few weeks of the season, but they have absolutely hammered that out since then. Um, and, and so they feel really good now. We've talked, you know, in the last month about how this defense really needs to be playing with a lead, and, and that's kind of by design. Is the Cowboys get a lead, and so it really starts with their offense. But then that you know just lets Dan Quinn tell his guys like pin your ears back go after the quarterback, whether it's as a pass rusher or as a defensive back trying to get the ball. And it's really, when it when it's worked, it's come together and they've looked like a dominant team. Obviously, the question now is like, what happens when that doesn't completely work? We saw in Buffalo, like neither side was working and that turned into a real blowout game. Um, we saw in Miami where it was, you know, kind of both sides were kind of, you know, had some good, had some bad, and it was kind of back and forth. And, you know, that's that's kind of one of those games that you're going to find in the playoffs. You're going to get into those tight races and they just didn't make enough plays in the end. But, uh, you know, then then other games like when their, their win over the Eagles showed you can go ahead and, and and play games against those talented teams. And when you're playing like that, you can win those games. You can go out and, and, and even against really talented teams. And even though the Eagles have kind of collapsed, I don't think anyone would question their talent. And the Cowboys went out there and just whooped them in Dallas. So I, I really think uh, th- their their identity is one that where all the different pieces are working in conjunction with each other as a whole team. But it really starts with the offense because if if the offense isn't scoring, then that empowers the opposing offense to just run the ball as much as they want, and they don't feel the pressure to to start throwing it more. And that really plays into the weakness of this defense. So I think for me, it really starts on offense. If Dak Prescott's playing well, I like their chances to win just about any game. How much does the Packers run game worry you? They're winning against the Bears during the regular season. Really a throwback type of game. Probably says a whole lot more about you know a Bears team that's going to have a ton of questions about mainly their offense and quarterback Justin Fields this offseason, but they're well out of the playoff picture, of course. Former Cowboys assistant coach Matt Eberflus seems to have some form of job security there, so we'll see if he can be the guy to spend the offseason turning them around. But for now, the Bears, of course, irrelevant in the picture of the NFL playoffs that press on. But how much does the Packers' run game worry you? Because against the Bears, Aaron Jones had his third straight 100-yard game. He carried 22 times for 111 yards, and that led to 
Jordan Love only having to throw the ball. Um, what was it? Jordan Love only having to throw the ball 27 times or 32 times in this game. So they kind of kept it on the ground, were able to control things. He goes for 316 yards, 27 completions, his highest completion percentage of the season, just like that Prescott did against the Commanders. So I don't think there's many Cowboys fans worried about you know Prescott losing a shootout to Jordan Love, but I think you add Jordan Love plus a Packers run game that might have some form of an advantage against a Cowboys defense that hasn't shown too consistently that they can slow down a downhill rushing attack. How much does Aaron Jones and this Green Bay offense worry you uh, in that aspect? Um, I, I really don't think that it worries me uh, too, too much, um, just because the the Cowboys by this point have faced this type of running scheme a few times this year. Obviously, uh, head coach Matt LaFleur, who's also the offensive play caller, he uh, he comes from the Shanahan McVay style of offense, um, which is like that a heavy use of, of wide outside zone. Um, and the Cowboys, have, of course, they've played Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers. Obviously, that didn't go too well for them. But surprisingly, one thing that they did do kind of well in that game was how they played the run. Um, they got absolutely butchered in the passing game. Um but but they were able to kind of hold their own for the most part in the run game, and then and then more recently against Mike McDaniel and and the Dolphins who run the same kind of offense, um, and, and in a way the Dolphins is almost more dangerous because they run that offense, but with a whole bunch of certified track stars at every single position, and so in that game too, I mean obviously the Cowboys lost that game, and on the final drive their run defense kind of gave out, but up until that last drive. They've been doing a good job, especially against the run. They were able to to bottle up the explosive plays to a good degree. Um, and and when you look at the Packers, schematically it's the same. Uh, you know, obviously it's not the exact same thing, but um, it, it's it's the same mo. It's the same process. The Cowboys at this point have been battle tested against this scheme. They're when they go into the film room, they're pretty much going to recognize what they're looking at, uh, and that makes it easier as far as figuring out a, the best way to attack it. Um, and then from a personnel standpoint, Aaron Jones is a good player. I'm not going to knock Aaron Jones, but you know this this offense compared to what the 49ers and the Dolphins are bringing to the table is just not the same. So again, I'm not saying that the Cowboys are going to completely shut down Aaron Jones, but I like their chances. They they are they already have a good starting point in terms of we know what can work against this run scheme. We know that we can have success against this run scheme. I think that that level of confidence carries over too, just from, from a defensive perspective of knowing like, Hey, we've done this before against better players. Like we can, we can do it this week with, with the heightened playoff uh, profile. So, um, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if green Bay does come out and has success in the run game, but I'm also, it, it's not really going to keep me up at night. Um, and, and of course, then the other caveat too is if you do get into a, a shootout and, you know, then the Packers can't really, they can't really be running the ball as much. They're going to have to put it in Jordan Love's hands. And at that point, again, like you said, I'm, I'm very happy getting into a shootout between Dak Prescott and Jordan Love when it's in Dallas where Dak Prescott is so comfortable. So, um, you know, it, 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 it's not a huge concern for me. I think the Cowboys are well built at this point to be able to confront that kind of offense. And worth noting in the Cowboys' offensive performance against Washington, you know, we already spoke glowingly of Prescott's performance and how can you not And typically any NFC East matchup for him. He was as good as advertised, but particularly against this matchup, looking ahead to the Packers, worth noting that against the Commanders, Prescott was able to have this performance without both Tyler Smith at left guard and Zach Martin at right guard. The Cowboys played on instead with, with Tyler Bass at left guard and Brock Hoffman in there at right guard. So Green Bay was able to get after Justin Fields a bit. He only had to drop back 11 times, did Fields. So, you know, Bears offense just being inept doesn't necessarily give you a great view of this Packers defense and how to get a fair against a much stiffer challenge, which is the Cowboys at home. But they still did get home against Fields on five of those 11 dropbacks. Clay Walker, Lucas Van Ness, Carl Brooks, Kenny Clark, and Devontae Wyatt all came up with sacks. So worth noting, you know, pass protection-wise, you could see some advantages for Green Bay, but the Cowboys have a reason to think, even with their backups in against Washington, they held up pretty well, and they're expecting both Martin and Smith back for this playoff game so they can 
hopefully subdue this Green Bay pass rush, give Prescott time to throw in the pocket, and be able to control this game. It's two West Coast offenses, like you said, different styles, but it's the same philosophy in a lot of ways as far as how they want to control the game. And the Cowboys seemingly have more paths to be able to do so, especially at home, than the Packers would if they want to really depend on Jordan Love's arm and have him put it, the ball in, in harm's way against this Cowboys secondary or try to get on the run against a player like Parsons. The matchups today are all across the board for the Cowboys to really find some advantages in this game, whether or not it results in their first playoff win against the Packers since January of 96, the year that they went on to, of course, win Super Bowl 30 against the Steelers remains to be seen. But what do you see as kind of a hidden yardage uh, storyline for this game in terms of we know where the national media is going to go in terms of McCarthy against his former team? And is the pressure turned up on McCarthy anyway? And does he have to win not only this game, but the next round to get to the NFC Championship game? All that's going to come and go. But what do you see is you know, something between the lines or with the coaching boxes that is actually going to determine this game much more so than just talking about McCarthy calling plays against the Green Bay defense. Yeah, well, for starters, I'll say I don't believe for a second the the reports about like McCarthy's job is actually in jeopardy. Um, I know that's kind of been put out there. Uh, I just, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we had Jerry Jones talking about like, oh, we're, you know, we, we love what McCarthy's doing. We're thinking, you know, extension and, and everyone was talking about that. And it was like, well, obviously, you know, three straight playoff berths, you know, that that's a good deal to be in. And now suddenly, you know, we're getting to the end of the season. And and suddenly now that the Cowboys have a shot at clinching the division after thinking that was just going to be impossible a week before, now suddenly we're talking about like, oh, actually he, he needs to win this game and then the next and then the next in order to keep this job. Like, that like no, I'm not. I'm not buying it. I don't think that with how much this team has changed, just not only their their personnel, but the way that fundamentally the way that they go about their day to day football operations since Mike McCarthy got here, I don't believe that they're going to, you know, cut ties with him after their most successful three year stint since the dynasty days of the '90s. Um, so I don't really buy that talking point, uh, even though I know it's been reported, like, I just don't think that that's, that's actual reality. Um, but, uh, as far as the kind of hidden yardage thing for this, this matchup against the Packers, I really think in a way it's, uh, it's almost like proof of concept for what McCarthy has spent so long building. And, you know, I talked about like his complimentary football approach. There's a bunch of other things that he's really put an emphasis on. Obviously winning your division games has been a big one and he's won a lot of division games since he got to Dallas and they just won the division. So, you know, that's, you know, hats off to him, but also another thing that he's put an emphasis on is winning at home. And obviously he came from green Bay where majority of the time the Packers would have a winning record in, in Lambeau field. And that kind of came with the territory and when he got to Dallas, it was really nobody really felt like there was much of a home field advantage in Dallas. A lot of times, you would hear the opposing team start chanting during games, and um, you know it, it, there was there was a lot of uh, criticism that was somewhat fairly leveled on on the fans that show up for those games. And he's done a real quick turnaround to that, and and things get loud in AT and T Stadium now. The Cowboys play lights out in AT&T Stadium. He's put a premium on defending your home turf. And that's why it was it became so imperative that they actually won the division so that they got those home playoff games. And really, that's what we're seeing here now. It's not so much, you know, we'll, we'll talk about him facing Green Bay and, you know, what that means to him because it, it is more than just Aaron Rodgers, but also the fact that it's not Aaron Rodgers' team anymore does obviously change that dynamic to a degree. So. I really think the, the the main thing here is if the Cowboys really are the team that McCarthy has tried to build them into, which is one that just dominates at home regardless of opponent, which has been pretty much the case this year, then they should win this game without any real issues. They, they should be able to look absolutely dominant and strong. And then, then, you know, after that, obviously we don't know who they would play in that scenario, but they should be able to do the same thing the next week if, if they really are the team that he – has been trying to build that he's he's been working towards, which is a team that takes care of business at home in front of their home fans. So, you know, this is really, I think, the first of a two-step process of 
proof of concept of what he's working towards, what he's building. So, um, you know, that that's why there's so much confidence around this team being able to get to the conference championship game, because theoretically two playoff home games and the way that he wants this team to play at home, that should be, you know, a walk in the park with, with what they've done this season going undefeated in Dallas. All three phases for the Cowboys had to, Fingerprints on this win as the Micah Parsons third down sack led to Peyton Hendershots. Blocked punt, the Cowboys take the sword field, throw a touchdown to Brandon Cooks. Speaking of plays, a reminder of the Cowboys playing at home. Doesn't get much clearer than a Brandon Cooks kind of corner route towards the end zone for a touchdown. It's been a staple of his play at at t Stadium. He took it on the road to Washington here, and the Cowboys really put the game away there to make it 35-10. to They sweep the season series against the Commanders, and as mentioned, finish NFC East play 5-1. and So a lot going well for the Cowboys. That 5-1 and record, good enough for them to win the NFC East, and that is a great sign for them to go try to continue a 16-game home winning streak and make a deep run into the playoffs. So we'll be back with you on uh, Monday after the wildcard game against Green Bay, Sunday afternoon. So hoping to hand out our triangle of triumph then. But for now, let's get to our last regular season triangle of triumph, David. So I'll go ahead and start us off. Going to do my first leg with Micah Parsons, who, like as mentioned, had that third down sack, was getting after the quarterback. We mentioned after the Lions game that it seemed like Dan Quinn made an adjustment to really commit to keeping his best pass rushers on the field, even in non-obvious pass rush situations, and it paid off greatly in that game. Well, the Cowboys got Jonathan Hankins back in this game. It led to them playing kind of more traditional, going back to what they did earlier in the year. Types of defensive fronts where, you know, Parsons is lined up in a traditional defensive end role. So too is Demarcus Lawrence. And he has some size inside of Hankins, who was, of course, a veteran who has earned those snaps and is a valuable run defender that you can look for to stop Aaron Jones this upcoming week. So back to a different type of defensive look for the Cowboys. But one thing you can always count on, no matter what defense they're in, is Michael Parsons having his way, getting home, and he was solid in both pass rush and run defense against the Commanders. So speaking of Dan Quinn, being able to deploy Micah Parsons and help him get to a new career high in sacks, I'm going to give Quinn my second leg of the Triangle of Triumph. Look, a lot of criticism every time the Cowboys defense underperforms comes Quinn's way, but they lost two straight in December. It was soul-searching time, and what's this team's identity? Well, is it offense, defense? It could be fluid from week to week, and that's a great thing when it comes to trying to win playoff games. These last two weeks, though, to get back in a win column to end the regular season, has been a lot about defense. Yes, they got a lot of support here on Sunday against the Commanders, thanks to you know the matchup that Prescott and I am and Ferguson had, but still, you put together the performances back-to-back from Quinn's defense against the Lions and the Commanders, and that's something you can really hang your head on as far as why this team was able to turn it, turn it around and close out the year by winning the NFC East. And my last one, I'm going to give to Jalen Tolbert for his second touchdown of the season, like I mentioned, great play. The confidence that Prescott had in him. We heard about it all offseason. It didn't exactly manifest itself, you know, right away in the regular season or really at all for certain stretches of the season. But now you see not only Lamb, Cooks, but Tober make a play here. And it just gives the Packers one more thing they have to prepare for when it comes to red zone and everything they'll get to see from the Cowboys offense on tape. Getting ready for this game, if Tober can make one or two big plays, sometimes that's the only difference that you need. In a playoff game, especially against the Packers, where all those Cowboys-Packers playoff games are typically so close and come down to one or two plays, let's see if Tolbert can't be the guy that gives that to you if the defense is really keying in on Lamb and Brandy Cooks and Ferguson. So, final regular season triangle of triumph, and we so do hope to do this again. Micah Parsons, Dan Quinn, and receiver Jalen Tolbert. Awesome. I love it. And that, and that Jalen Tolbert catch tru- truly was special. Not only the catch, which was a, a really good uh, physical going up and getting that one, but the throw from Dak with with so much anticipation, a guy in his face and just having total faith in Jalen Tolbert. After the rookie year he had, that was a really cool moment for him. Um, love the inclusion to him on, on your triangle of triumph. I'm going to go ahead and, and kick mine off by doing uh, announcing two of the legs at the same time, because I think that they really do go hand in hand. And that's uh, Jordan Lewis and Donovan Wilson. As, as two legs of my triangle of triumph. Um, and, you know, these are two guys, and we talked about it a little bit last week too, with, you know, they, they had injuries coming into the year. 
They, you know, have had, you know, not exactly their some of their best games this season. But the last few weeks, they've both really, really rounded into form. And they had another, both of them had great games against Washington in this week 18, gotta have it game. Um, Jordan Lewis, of course, he had quite a few tackles. He had some good plays and coverage too. But of course, the, the signature play was where he comes up on, on that, that play uh, early in the game, rips the ball out of Brian Robinson's hands, not only rips it out, but then is able to recover it all in one play, just a one-man wrecking crew on that play. Uh, and, and that kind of physicality from one of the smaller players on this defense, you know, with how much Dan Quinn values size and height and length, for Jordan Lewis to be the one that comes in there and makes the most physical play for any of these defenders um, is pretty special. And then, of course, Donovan Wilson, um, you know, he's just, uh, just a total, total – thumper all around the field. We've seen that side of him kind of come out a little bit more in the last few weeks as he gets his feet under him and the physicality he brings in, in run support is really special. But then now two straight weeks where he's had an interception and this one was really, really special. The way he kind of bobbled a little bit, was able to bring it in. Um, that was a huge play from him. And, and, you know, these are two, two veteran guys, two of the two of the guys on this defense that actually predate Dan Quinn. There's not a whole lot of those on this defense. The, the Cowboys, to their credit, have done a really good job of of giving Dan Quinn the pieces that he wanted, whether it was Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, you know, uh, Malik Hooker and J. Ron Kirsten, of course, Deron Bland being a, a draft steal. But some of the guys that, they, that Quinn has held on to, like Lewis, like Wilson, they've really, really owned their role in this defense, and especially these two this year the way that they've rebounded from their injuries and rebounded from some, some spotty play. And they're just, they're hitting their stride at the perfect time going into the playoffs. And it makes you feel just a little bit more confident about this defense, which you already have plenty of reasons to feel good about it with Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, everybody else we've mentioned. Um, So those two get a special shout out. And I I think it makes sense to kind of uh, talk about the two of them together. And then for my final leg, um, you know, I, I got to give a little bit extra praise to Mike McCarthy just because, you know, coming to the end of this season, the way that, that it has been, the way that it's gone, the way that Dak Prescott has put up the best, I, I would say the best year of his career, CD Lamb for sure, the best year of his career. Jake Ferguson has really ascended to, you know, being one of the top tight ends in the game. Um, even Tony Pollard, after he had some struggles earlier on in the year, he was able to get kick things into gear and, you know, he, he broke a thousand yards rushing this season, um, you know, in this game. And also, like we mentioned, and it really has gone overlooked because it wasn't a talking point at all. They were playing with backup guards, you know, both Tyler Smith and Zach Martin were out and we kind of knew Tyler Smith wouldn't be playing. Zach Martin was a little more of a surprise. Um, and, and the last time that, that they had, uh, you know, two guys missing at guard was, you know, week three, um, you know, against the Cardinals or, or not guard, but they had, you know, missing several starters on the offensive line week three against the Cardinals. And they felt it like they, the, the, the scheme, the way that McCarthy called the plays was affected by that. Dak Prescott didn't have a whole lot of time. He wasn't comfortable and they lost that game. And now they, you know, they, they did it against Washington again. It was on the road again, you know, in, you know, less than ideal playing settings. And, it, you couldn't even tell that they had, you know, two backups starting the game there at guard. And, and I think that just speaks to how McCarthy has, you know, gotten comfortable calling this offense, calling plays for Dak Prescott, calling plays for, for featuring all these different guys. And, uh, you know, the, the, just the, the growth, the progression and the continued uh, efficiency of this offense throughout the season with him, I think it's helped this Cowboys team take just one extra step towards being a certain level of special that I think is really going to help them in the playoffs as, as they now go on that journey, trying to get back to the Super Bowl. Um, so I, I just want to give a little extra credit to Mike McCarthy for the year that he had in his first year calling the plays again, uh, taking over for the Cowboys and really just elevating this offense to that next level that they needed to get to. And I like that you included Jordan Lewis in yours because you look at the Packers, Week 18 win against the Bears one more time before we wrap up here. And Jaden Reed was the leading receiver. He had caught all four of his targets for 112 yards, only receiver over 100 yards in the game. And then Dontavian Wicks 
had both of the receiving touchdowns. So not exactly the, you know, household names that Jordan Love is throwing to to get the job done there in a low-scoring 17-9 to affair. And so when you think about how that fares for these Packers receivers lining up against the Cowboys defense and wants to, you know, put Stephon Gilmore, Deron Bland on the outside and take their chances, it could lead to some targets, to some unfamiliar names, you know, on the middle of the field where you can see Jordan Lewis going to make those plays and trying to come up big once again uh, as a veteran who, across this roster, you have, you know, plenty of Cowboys veterans that understand that these playoff opportunities don't come around all that often. Some players like Dak Prescott and many others were here the last time this team was a top seed. They were healthy and rested and had a chance against this very Packers team at ATT Stadium, and that fell short. So wherever this team needs to draw motivation from, certainly this Cowboys team has a lot to play for, and it's all right in front of them starting in a familiar time slot of next Sunday afternoon here for Wild Card Weekend. So he is David Hellman at underscore DH44. I am at Sean Martin NFL on X. Just to give our listeners a quick note, we did hear from Mark Lane. He is uh, on the path to recovery and Still has a long road ahead of him, but wanted me to tell everybody, you know, he, he appreciates, uh, of course, all the well wishes and prayers coming his way. So, of course, he'll be uh, watching this Cowboys team, trying to get back to us soon to talk football. But even if he's not here talking with us, obviously, I think we all know that he's watching the games, cheering us, uh, cheering the Cowboys along, just like the rest of Cowboys Nation and all of you here at bloggingtheboys.com. So much to come this week up on the website. Stay tuned for articles from David and I and the whole staff or roundtable. Everything to get you ready for Cowboys Packers is coming your way Sunday afternoon, and we'll be back Monday to break it all down. And there it is. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.